networking really is the gateway to building deep relationships that enable you to help a lot of people and in return get a lot of help back. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Helping People Perform podcast. Delighted to be joined today, all the way from Australia. We have speaker, author, business uh, coach, business um, uh, educator, and executive director of BNI Melbourne Central. Welcome to the show today, Braith Bamkin. Thank you, Mr. Diesel. I've been very much looking forward to our catch-up since we uh, first connected a little while back. So it's great to be with you on the actual show. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a great one. So uh, before we get kicked off in terms of what you do and how you help people, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself in terms of what got you to where you are today? How far back do you want to go? (laughs) Give give us all the juicy goss. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what really started my professional career in a significant way it was in the 1980s because yes I am that old (laughs) I um I I had one of my very first serious jobs I worked in commercial textiles and the woman that owned that business uh was uh an amazing person she built this extraordinary business and one day she said to me Braith if you want to succeed in this business you need to learn how to network so this is the 1980s they weren't computers around there weren't that word I didn't even know what that word meant and we were driving along the Sydney Harbour Bridge when she said that going into the city to do some work and as we were coming back over the bridge and I was looking up at those amazing pillars and I said to her Judith what is networking (laughs) and she said I'm really glad you asked and she spent the next couple of years mentoring me on the power of building relationships so networking really is the gateway to building deep relationships that enable you to help a lot of people and in return get a lot of help back so i've always been one who believes in uh helping other people and you know i i don't know if you've ever done any volunteering but whenever you do volunteering you seem to get way more back than you ever put in and it's the same in business and in life when you help other people and you do things that are selfless just simply because you want to be a good uh, human citizen it seems that the the world gives it back to you in spades so anyway so that was a great thing so I grew with that company I took it overseas and it was an amazing experience and over my career, I moved into the telco industry and then I moved into very, very random. Then I moved into a, a, a betting business and I had one of their franchises. I, and then I ended up in BNI and, you know, then I became the executive director of, of BNI here in Melbourne Central, which is the largest region in, in Australia. And yeah, so I have a very varied skill set. And along the way, I've, you know, done a few degrees, picked up a few bits of knowledge and, yeah. you know, and I love to share that. Oh, is that a long introduction or is that a short introduction? No, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's one of those great introductions that just got me begging for little nuances of detail <laughs> as we go along. So, I mean, what are some of those key moments along the way that you look back on now and you say, that was a really pivotal point or I learned a yeah. really valuable lesson at that stage that I've brought with me all the way through? 
Yeah, absolutely. I have I have some really consistent things that uh, have happened. And one of the things is a knowingness that things would be okay. And I, I know that's not a specific point, but mm-hmm. there have been points in my career or my business life where things looked pretty dire. Like, mm-hmm. unlike every business owner, I've had some massive um, uh highs and some massive flies. I mean, I don't think you can be a really successful human if you haven't had that that go on. Yeah. But a knowingness that it would be okay got me through. And then I think that when you're faced with great turmoil or challenges, when you have that knowingness that things are going to work out okay and that true belief that, you know, there is opportunity out there there is abundance then it, that gets you through so i mean i've had i've had some spectacular fails i ended up in in hospital in colombia with a uh, machine gun in my face one at 7 a.m on, on the morning which is not a fun thing to do in colombia but um oh. but i had a bell's palsy and anyway that's a very long story but that that was a, a big health crisis and it brought me to almost to collapse, but then I just always knew that there was a way out and, and I navigated that out and, you know, my business came back bigger and stronger than ever. So, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And, and you, as you say, you've had some wildly varied and, and rich experiences in your, your business career. What have, uh, what have been one or two of the examples that maybe you, you, you haven't mentioned yet that you just, uh, just a little tidbit of, uh, of detail from some of those interesting yeah. businesses you've had? Well, I bought, when I was the national sales and marketing manager for the, the mattress company I worked for, I bought one of their franchises and something in my head told me that I could turn that franchise into a really successful store. And what I realized was that everyone knows mattresses help people get good sleep. But what I really tapped into was the knowledge that we could help people who had significant injury and were really scared of spending money on a, on a mattress. Because when you've had a bad injury, you've had really chronic back pain, you know, you want to get a good mattress. And I don't know what this would be in pounds, but in Australian dollars, it's like, you know, five to $10,000. So I right. guess what's about, you know, four, five to 5,000 pounds maybe. Yeah. Uh, so that's not an insignificant investment, but people don't want to do that unless they have absolute confidence that, they are able to get what they want, right? Because it's yep. a lot of money. Because you know, is it going to work? I need to sleep on it. So we trained our staff in that store to really work with health professionals, and that turned that store into a little gold mine. And we focused only on the health professionals in the local area. And what I realized was, it's very easy to say to people, <clears throat> "Come into my store. We help people with bad backs," but yeah. When you say we help people who have had significant injury and are scared of investing money in a good quality mattress, we'll take away that that problem. We'll give them a hundred night hundred night money back guarantee. We never gave one back mm-hmm. um, because we will spend the time finding out what you need. Mm-hmm. And so that was really the start of my knowledge that if you're really specific about what you want, mm-hmm. you tend to get it. And yep. that is one of the clues to my success in business is. Being really specific and very niched down, mm. you tend to be way, way, way more successful. Because if I say to you, Paul, can you refer to me anyone who's got a bad back? Well, you'll know somebody who's had a bad back. And then your mind just goes, oh, it's everyone. I can't. Too hard, too broad, can't be bothered. So you, you check out. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. so that's led over the years to really me. And that, 
that has helped me in BNI and that helped me in BNI a lot. And then that has helped me with my speaking career because people ask me all the time to come in and talk about that, which has led to a really very strong uh, skew these days to leadership right. because I've, I've observed over the last uh, 15 years of being in BNI and I, what it makes, what it takes to be a really great leader. And I've been writing all these traits down because I just wanted to say, like, I just want to be that person. Like, why are they so awesome? <laughs> yeah. So I copy, I just started documenting it. So I've got this list of successful traits. Right. And I went, oh, oh, that's actually got some value in that. So I mm -hmm. talked to that a lot. Oh, wonderful. No, I, I mean, the whole point about niching has come up in a lot of conversations and it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what your experience is in that almost the further you niche in some of these areas, the wider it, it's counterintuitive in some ways because people yeah. who aren't necessarily in that niche will go i know you don't i know you're focused on these people but actually could you help me because it sounds as if yeah. you really really focus in on the the quality side or the the care side and you end up expanding 100%. your business in places yeah. you don't expect yeah well that's really how the in my speaking business i started talking about leadership mm. because people were getting me in to talk about referrals all the time Right, because I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm an expert in that. I've been doing it for since the '80s, uh, and you know, I'm really happy to talk to that. But people were saying to me all the time, "Right, you know, you work with all these amazing leaders," and I've, I talked about the list that I created, and people were always really interested by that list, <laughs> and, and, and so then they started saying, "Well, you know, tell us about leadership." And so that's kind of really become my my focus. Even though I was really talking only referrals, that led to the conversation that's become clear that leadership is is and leadership's a really hot topic at the moment. Every everyone seems to want to be a better leader. And you know, there's a lot of stuff out there at the moment. But you know, I've I've worked with so many people and I've seen the formula over and over again of successful people. So it's like, why wouldn't I share that, right? So could you and tell, tell us if this is in, infringing too much uh, maybe share <laughs> what you know two or three points that are on that list that stand out to you yeah well you know one of them is connected to what i said before that knowing that things will be okay so it's a it's a knowledge that the glass is half full not half empty and around that our whole suite of words and the words that people use very clearly demonstrate to me where their head is at Right. So when it's the first thing I, 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 I see as a red flag is I'm so busy, dot, dot, dot. Whenever people say that, you know that's a person you want to go, okay, that's not a person I want to hang with. Because really, really busy people don't say that. They, mm. they say, present with me the opportunity and I'll see if it works for me. Because everyone that I see in that success space is open to opportunity, right? right. So they don't shut the conversation down at the beginning by saying I'm too busy. Really what I'm too busy is, is that's not a priority for me. Right. That's not a priority for me in my life. And that is totally okay. Yeah. You know, even the busiest people, you know, they have priorities and they decide. But the languaging they use is right. very careful and you see that they just simply don't shut things down because you never know what the opportunity might have. They also have very positive language. Uh, they use we, us language a lot. So yep. it's the collective. Uh, it, it, and I see very much that they have a mindset uh, that their business is not their life. So they are not working 90 hours a week. They have a process. So let me rephrase that. Sometimes they are working 90 hours a week, but they're working, well, I call it in their flame, not in their wax. So they're doing things that light them up. 
yeah. not drag them down. Uh, and you can work really long hours, but if, the, if, 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 your, if your job is doing this and you clearly love this and this lights you up, then this is something you might want to spend a lot of time doing. Mm. But I think you have the choice if you chose not to spend 90 hours a week doing this, you'd also be okay because your business would survive. So when I see business owners who can take a month off from their business, right. they are business owners. If you can't take a month off from your business, you are simply an employee of your own business and you, that, yeah, go, get, go get a job because you're going to get holiday pay, right? And there's no stress. It's like, wh why would you be an employee of your own business? It's bonkers. Yeah. So it, even solopreneurs, you know, if you can't go away for a month and your business can't continue to run, maybe it's time to rethink that. So the really successful people have a plan and a strategy mm -hmm. around how they can have their business work for them. And you hear so often people say, you've got to work on your business, not in your business. But like, what does that really mean? I think it really means you've got to be able to step away from it. And I, I really mean this. It's a month. I think a month is a really good period. And I don't know what the length of holidays are in the UK. But in Australia, good, we yeah. get... Yeah, four weeks holiday is a, sta is a standard mm. amount of time off. I know when I say this to Americans, they yeah. go, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like, more than that. 10 days is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I know, right? I know. Anyway, I think I think some of the Europeans get six weeks. But, you know, we, we get long service leave here every 10 years. You get three months off as well. So, you know, pe people um, get, uh, you know, quite a bit of time here. And, you know, sometimes business owners just don't take that. Mm. So I see that. I also see... Uh, one of the other really big, big, big traits that I see consistently around successful business people is a sense of presence. And you can see it with their body language mm. You can and you can see it in their eyes because they're looking at you, not through you and not flitting around. Mm -hmm. And they will rest on you and they will give you their full attention and that is a trait that I consistently see super successful people pause and invest in the person they're engaging with. Right. And I think that also is the next thing that I see is the investment in others. When you invest in other people, whether it's uh, employees of your business or customers and you, you're fully present, those people just seem to flow just a lot easier. It just seems to come to them a lot. Because, you know, there's some people that seem to have really good success in their business and others seem to struggle all the time. Yeah. And these are the things that I see are the, the contributing factors to that. So it's really fascinating. Yeah. Chicken and egg thing, I don't know. But, yeah. you know, certainly successful people are present. They, they pause. They pause yeah. a lot in the way they speak. Uh, and they ask amazing questions that is the other really really great trait that i see they ask great questions and they're always curious always curious always curious to learn always curious to be interested in what you've got to say mm. oh so that's just a bit no. i've got a big long list <laughs> no wonderful because they're, they're great insights and i mean there's a couple of things i'll reflect on uh, within that i think one of those elements of a great leader will give you that time and attention when you, if they've, you come into them with an idea or if you, you're trying to put something to them, a great leader will mm. give you that moment to explain yourself. Mm. And I, I, the, what I've experienced certainly is if that isn't a priority for them at that time, they will be open and honest and very clear. And, and instead of saying, I'm too busy to even have this conversation, I've spent 30 mm -hmm. seconds, I've maybe spent a minute 
to you know you could have been coming to me with something completely brilliant and it's mm. but what you've come to me isn't the right time but they'll follow mm. that up with just one or two maybe encouraging words or mm. what this needs to do is go to this board or it needs to go to this meeting these guys over here i should introduce you to someone because that really fits in with them yep. some yep. yeah but they don't just shoot things down and make people feel absolutely bad about themselves either do they yeah, Paul, I think you nailed it. I think they, even if it's only 30 seconds, they'll give you the time. They might they might give you a time to say, I would love to hear it. I've got a meeting to go to in a couple of minutes. Would you be able to sum that up in, you know, a minute? So yeah. they, they frame the time that you've got. So yeah. instead of saying, I'm so busy, you've got to go to a meeting in three minutes, you've got 30 seconds. So that, that, that's, that's negative language. But, you know, Paul, I'd love to hear it. I'm going to a meeting. Would you be able to summarise it in a minute or less? Yes. No. No. Well, let's make another time, and they will make that other time. And when the time that they have allocated to that is up, they also I really appreciate. So they say thank you. I really appreciate words of encouragement, and you nailed that because it's that positivity. Because you never know whether that that person's idea will become something more relevant, or whether that person will come back with another idea. But if you keep shutting things down, and it's no, 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 effect it's very Pavlovian. You're training people not to come to you with ideas, right? Yeah. So if you consistently give people time and you consistently are interested in them, even for a small period of time, again, it's Pavlovian. You're training them to come to you with ideas and you're training them that you're open to opportunities. So it's clever. You know, and I watch some some people who are masters at it. I, I, you know, I'd love to say I was a master at it. I'm, you know, I'm a work in progress, but... <laughs> I watch, I watch the people who I really admire doing that. And I, I have some very successful people in my orbit. It's fascinating to watch them do it. And I know how busy they are, yeah. but you'd never know it, right? No. You, you are the one most important thing in the world right then at that particular point in time, and those people feel it. Definitely. And maybe that brings us nicely on to, um, you've already mentioned it quite a bit now, the BNI in terms of what you do and uh, who mm -hmm. you help and how you help them. Um, for maybe some of our listeners who aren't that familiar with BNI, can you give, just give us an overview of what that is and how you, it fits in with you in uh, in Melbourne Central? Yeah, well, if I'd have known about this 35 years ago, I would have been a very wealthy man today because it is all the stuff that I knew about networking, but never had the right framework and language. So being I was started in America 40 odd years ago by a guy called Dr. Ivan Meisner. It's a professional networking organization and its aim is to generate business for its members through weekly meetings and a referral. So people go to a weekly meeting, they build relationships with people through that consistency because consistency is power. Mm -hmm. And then there's accountability built into BNI. So if you don't like accountability, you will not like BNI because it's, it's high accountability. There's a lot of other wannabe networks out there, but they all say we're not BNI because we don't have accountability. But I find that curious because, you know, one of the other traits that I see in successful people is they're accountable to themselves and to mm -hmm. other people. So if you're not, if you can't be accountable to people in your weekly uh, meeting, then, you know, be nice on the right place. But that's okay. It's not for everyone. <laughs> yep. But I see, I see um, amazing people coming to the organization and join and they, you know, within about three or four years, uh, I see a shift in those people and they always move to the philosophy of BNI is givers gain, but they always move to massive givers and what fulfills them. And this is another trait of leaders 
is seeing other people succeed. They get a lot of a feeling of great success out of seeing other people succeed. And when you do that, somehow the universe just seems to pay it back to you tenfold. And I see it over and over again when people want genuinely want other people to do well, stuff just flows to them. And, you know, it's a hard skill for some people to learn because it's not the way we get taught business should be it's like you know doggy dog you hear that a lot yeah but business is not meant to be hard right it's Mm. it's if if it was meant to be hard you know then the universe got it wrong uh so you know it's really really great to have ease in your life and an easy business and when you believe that's the default position that's what happens right Right. it becomes self-fulfilling so bni really has for me been an amazing way of bringing together 30 odd years of life experience. And I went, oh my goodness, I I actually started another networking group in the nineties. And, you know, we were having 300 people every week, every month come to that. BNI is a weekly thing, but it was every month come to that. If I'd have only monetized it, then I probably would have done well, but (laughs) it wasn't a thing in the nineties, but you know, I just, cause I'd moved to a new city and I didn't know anyone. And I thought, well, how do I get to meet people? Well, I build my own network, right? Right. That's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so but BNI is great because it puts a really tight framework around that, and I, and I love it. And I get to in my role in BNI is I get to see people do amazing things. And you know, I I'm a highly emotional person. You can probably tell from, from talking <laughs> to me, but I I get such great joy seeing people succeed using the system. And you know, it's easy to do. It's easy not to do. People make a choice, and some people succeed and some people don't. But that's the human condition, right? Precisely. No, wonderful. Yeah. I mean, you, you, not not the first guest that I've had on who's been involved in BNI, and that's so Business Network International. Is that the uh, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, yeah? And it's just a a great, as you say, sort of regional but multinational international yeah. body, but with sort of those regional and local connections where yeah. people can can really get to grips with the other types of businesses that are around. Talk to people who are generally not in direct competition as well isn't it uh no if it's I'm, one, if I'm one category per chapter yeah yeah um and just learn from each other and, and go on that journey together it seems yeah. to me like so it's uh it's it's on my uh on my agenda to uh to get involved in the in that go, sort of thing go have a visit. Yeah. yeah i'll tell you a great story though you've touched on the internationality of it there's three hundred and ten thousand members in 76 countries wow. and one of my members here in melbourne uh last year went to a uh a BNI chapter in Latvia. I think I got that right, Latvia or Lithuania. And he met somebody and they'd struck up a relationship. And somebody from another chapter in Italy that he went to uh, years ago in our uh, lockdown, we had big lockdown here. Mm. He visited that chapter there, reached out to him and said, Do you know anyone that does uh, air conditioning systems for? And I didn't don't quite understand the, the, <laughs> the, the specificity of it. We said, yes, I do. And he happens to be in <laughs> Latvia. And so he connected these two people together. And that dude in Latvia is now supplying the Italian, it's a Swiss Italian company with these products. Yeah. But the the company that he was connected to, the Latvian guy had been knocking down the door with the CEO for years because he wanted to supply them. And he wasn't open to it. But when the warm introduction was made by somebody within the network, yeah. it was like, yeah. And and like I and Paul just talked about it on Monday. Uh, yesterday we had a a, um, a a a meeting and he said they're now generating 35,000 euros a month out of that. Wow. That's 
just isn't that random yeah yeah you know, he's stories like that all the time yeah no and it, it it just goes to speak to the power of the network and even the the as you say the sort of warm introductions even if you haven't met these people too much but you've had some level of personal connection just having that conversation and saying you should be really speaking to Braith on this because uh, I know he's he's really in that space. Then you, yeah. you start to just put those connections together, and people are really open to it once you've had those initial conversations with them, aren't they? Yeah, well, it's the implicit trust that comes with being a member in an organisation that has a whole core mm. value set of core values that members uh, adhere to, and so you know that if somebody is in a BNI chapter, that they're never going to let you down, and that's one of the things that. You know, people love about referring within the system is that, you know, if, if you're in my chapter and I've referred you to somebody, you're never going to let me down because, you know, if you let me down, what do I do with you? I'm like, well, I can't deal with him anymore. Yeah. Then the referral tap t is turned off. Right. But if I, the, the, the thing, if you get a referral, the thing you need to do more than anything else is make the person who gave you the referral look good to the referee right. because that way, again, you're teaching them this is a great referral. I want more. Give me more. And it's like the the law of reciprocity on steroids. Yeah. Oh, wonderful, 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 abundant approach to uh, to everything that we're doing. I think there's a lot to yeah. in that space. Oh, wonderful. Um, so tell me a bit about um about you then in terms of if your own performance. You know, you're you're there. You're learning. You're helping these organisations. You're helping the the BNI chapter that you're there. How do you work on your performance? Where do you go to sharpen your saw and and get yeah. get your best? Yeah, well, learning is to me uh, an essential. I'm always learning. I think that when you stop learning, you're dead. So <laughs> I really love to learn new things. And uh, some sometimes my challenge is I'm, I'm doing too many things and I have to kind of pull it back and go, okay, no, that, that's one thing too many on my list. And the other thing is I'm a, I'm a very dedicated, com committed uh, meditator. So, I mean, I, I've been, um, I haven't missed a day now since... Uh, March the 2nd, 2020. Uh, I've been meditating for a lot longer than that, but I made a commitment then that I was never going to miss a day and I haven't missed a day. And I'm usually up at, you know, this morning it was 4.30. I did an hour's meditation before I, I met with you. And so I know that my life is a bucket of crazy if I don't do that. So it really helps to center me. And so that is a practice that I, I highly recommend. Mm. Uh, I'm, I, I had that health crisis and one of the things that brought me back from that was I learned about laughter yoga and mm. breath work, which if you've never done laughter yoga, my friend, you are in for a treat. Have you ever done it? I have not, no. Oh, not, mate, not yet gonna, would be the answer. Yeah, that's the right. <laughs> Got to do it. You, you're a you're a fun guy, I can yeah. tell, but you know, you want to get into some laughter yoga. It is great. It is started by Dr. Madan Kataria in the 90s, and he was a, an, an Indian doctor that saw that people who had joy healed better. Right. And he wanted to see if he could replicate it. And he started by getting a group of his mates together in the park and telling jokes. And the jokes kind of ran out after a month. And he's like, well, how do we continue with that laughter? Because people were loving it. And he was having this big crowd come. And so he worked out a system of teaching people how to laugh for the sake of it. So what you're brain cannot tell if you're fake laughing or real laughing that's yeah. a really fascinating thing so you know how when you're feeling down or glum if you smile or laugh you just kind of get that little hit so it's a hit of dopamine that you get yeah so he worked out a series of exercises to to do not physical exercises but laughter exercises mm -hmm. a little bit of stretching involved so that people laugh on 
on cue at nothing and it's sustainable. And so over the years, there's been a lot of studies on it. Mm. And it really has been demonstrated quite scientifically, so you can look all of this up, <laughs> that <clears throat> laughter actually changes the body's physiology and lifts your mood because the brain just cannot tell. And so the vagus nerve, which is a big nerve that runs around your body, is very much calmed by that. Right. You get a whole pile of um, uh, chemicals that flow into your brain. Again, it's all measured. It's all out there. This is not woo-woo at all. Uh, it's fascinating to see uh, people who... Uh, do this really can change their lives and really breath uh, breath work came out of that so breath work is really you know laughter yoga is the gateway to breath work and you know i learned how to breathe properly uh, most people in the western world don't breathe properly we breathe uh, up in our chest or up in our shoulders whereas we should be breathing deep in our belly but we're obsessed with having flat stomach so no one wants to breathe like that <laughs> but really it's breathing into your your belly and there's the diaphragm is like a big jellyfish that runs around the, the middle of you so if you imagine that jellyfish going up and down slowly that's what your diaphragm should be doing so your stomach's going to stick out whether you like it or not so you know uh, and so i ended up writing a book about that because so many people were coming to me saying, look, your life is so different. You know, right. what are you doing? And, you know, it, I, it started to become a job because I became a laugh yoga instructor and a breathwork instructor. And, you know, and, and I thought, well, I don't want to start a new career as a laugh yoga instructor and a breathwork person. I'm doing this for fun. So I wrote this book, which is a little shameless plug there, Paul. Breathe, breathe <laughs> um, easy. I was going to ask what it was. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Breathe easy. Simple ways to be well connected. Uh, so uh, I wrote that. So in the in the context of a business person, so how you can so it's really simple stuff, right? Just really simple stuff, and you know there's three types of breathing: there's energizing, there's calming, and there's balancing. And I talk about little exercises you can do in the workplace, and you know, I talk about the stuff that we do in our workplace that really drags us down. So you know, just simple things like learning how to breathe diaphragmatically can change your life. Mm. It's mind-boggling. So yeah. yeah. Uh, interestingly, I was having a, a conversation with my son yesterday, my nine-year-old, who was upset about something, and I was, you know, trying to get it. With the, I think it's called is it box breathing, where it's in for three, yeah, yeah, hold, yep. hold for three, yep. out for three, and do that three times, and uh, mm -hmm. just seeing the physical change in him mm. through that process, you know, of literally thirty seconds. You know, it's a, mm. it's, it's an amazing thing. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. I'll, I noticed the the jellyfish on the front of the uh, the cover there as well. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, that's why I did that because I want to describe that sort of the diaphragm because yeah. most people just don't get that it's a three hundred and sixty degree thing around the middle of you. Yeah. They think it's kind of like this little flat muscle. It's not what it is, but you know, it's all around, yeah. and that's why it's got. If I use that analogy, I used to talk about having a pizza in your middle of movie pizza up and down, but the doggy the the the, the dough got sour, so. <laughs> I kind of thought, what, what can I do? And the jellyfish is really action. And if you sort of imagine a jellyfish just slowly gliding through the water in and out, that's what your diaphragm can do to, right. to help you breathe. If you learn nothing else from this podcast, Paul, yeah. please take a, take that away. <laughs> oh, brilliant stuff. And I'll make sure the, we've got the link to the, uh, to the book there so that people can go and check that out for themselves. So, Thanks, um, mate. Um, so if we ask a couple of slightly different questions here, if you could help anyone any individual or team or organization with the skill set that you've got who would you want that to be yeah well i i really really enjoy working with small business owners who are 
three years into their journey because I know that at three years uh, they've, they've got past the, the difficult stuff uh, and they're really looking for ways to become true business owners as opposed to employees of their own business. So I love working with that group of people. And so I speak to a lot of conferences for, with franchise organisations and uh, uh, business owners, small business owners, because I seem to really enjoy that message. So I, they're people I love helping. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. And I love the, again, just that specificity of the three years piece and mm. the fact that, it, it really hits true. It's like once you hit three years, you're actually you're in, in it properly there. Because I've, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen people um, in the space where it's like, you know, you try it out for a couple of years. No, I've got to go back to having yeah. a full-time job. <laughs> go back well, to three years is interesting because what happens is you've survived the first three years, so your business is real, but then you kind of like gone, oh my goodness, I was really good at this before. Now I've just got this big, huge job and it's exhausting me and I have no time in my life. Right. Uh, and how do I be a great leader and how do I be a business owner? And, you know, it's it's a real three, three years really seems to be a point at which people find that question pops up a lot. Right. And then you have to decide how you want to be because what you decide at that three, three, three to four year mark really sets you up for the next, you know, five to 10, 15 years. Wonderful. Oh, brilliant. And uh, if you let's flip that on its head a little bit, then if you could sit down and have uh, have a coffee, have a meal, have a drink with anyone that you could really learn from and could help you perform, who do you want that to be? Well, I knew you were going to ask me this question, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to take a little liberty here. I'm going to pick a dead person. Is that okay? Oh, please do. We've had all Nelson sorts. Man Nelson Mandela. I, right. I, I, you know, I think. Uh, that man is extraordinary. Mm. Uh, the Long Walk to Freedom is an amazing book. It, it you, you know, what how he moved through the world with what had happened to him is truly extraordinary. And you know, I I've, I read everything I can about him. I really find him quite fascinating, and the way he handled himself throughout his entire life, mm. he's just extraordinary to me. And I think. You know, I, I know that being in his presence would be extraordinary. I think you'd feel that. And, you know, when I'm around extraordinary people, you can feel it. And I think he'd be next level. Yeah. And I'm sure he would definitely be someone who would make you feel like the only person in the room. And I'm sure you'd have, yeah, a, crack exactly right. you'd have a crack and laugh with him as well, I'm sure. <laughs> and people say that about him. When yeah. you read memoirs about him, they say that, that, you know, he was really focusing on you yeah. all the time. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's one of the things that I started to think about when I read that, the first book I read, I can't remember the very first book I read about him, but I was in South Africa. I'd been to Robin Island mm. and I was like, oh my goodness, he lived here for how many years? 27 years. And it's like, and now I, went, I have to learn about this man. And, and I was quite new in my BNI journey then. And I started to identify, oh, okay, so presence is a, is a key skill. I'm, mm. I'm interested in that. Right. <clears throat> oh, lovely. Yeah, I've been to Robben Island, had that experience. It's, uh, it's extraordinary, it's, isn't it? It's one that doesn't leave you. I mean, it's, uh, no. it's, it's an amazing place. Oh, brilliant, Brad. I mean, I'm sure we could chat for, for ages, but <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we will again in future. But um, if people want to find out more, if people want to contact you, um, yep. where, where do they go? How do they get in touch with you? Yep. 
Well, I can find me on LinkedIn, but the best place to find me is at my website, braithbankin.com. There's yep. a whole yep. bunch of free stuff. Most of the stuff on there is free that uh, resources for people. And, you know, I, I love to share. So there's a whole part of stuff there. I've got a really great course if people want to do a free little course on how to get your business referral ready. That's a shameless plug again. I've plugged yep. the book. I've plugged <laughs> the free course. That's what it's here for. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I'm really, it seems to be at the moment, people are inviting me on to, um, to conferences on uh, web, web conferences. So right. you know, I haven't done one in the UK yet. So I'd no. love to be invited to the UK to do a, one of the online conferences. Or I'm actually in London in November, so somebody can have me live in November. Well, there we go. Let's see what we can arrange. <laughs> Let's see if we can make yeah, some connections. Right. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, Bray, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. And uh, there's been a whole lot to learn there. And it's just been mm. a great experience. So thanks for being on today, Bray. Thanks for being an amazing host, mate. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review and share. I'm Paul Teasdale. And from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.